Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Mind Your Loaf, a podcast about taking action on your mental health. I'm Jason Byrne and Irish mental health charity TurnToMe.ie, who besides helping us with this podcast, provide professional mental health support online, free to everyone in Ireland. Uh, Hello and welcome to Ro McDermott on Mind Your Loaf. Thanks for joining us, Ro. Thanks so much. It's nice to be here. Or yeah. be, be here in virtual presence. Yeah. yeah, be here in a kind of in a, in a voiced way. Uh, yeah, because we're, we're still doing everything via Zoom, and we used to do this just across the table and stuff like that. But this is the this is the new norm, isn't it? All of us just trying to operate this way. So just to say, uh, Ro, now a lot of time when I do these intros, or I ask a lot about the intros, uh, at least eight out of ten people go, "No, I don't do that at all." So I'll give it a bash. Okay, Ro. <laughs> yeah. So it's set. so what I have, Ro, is basically you're a sex and relationship expert. So you're a, an agony aunt for the Irish Times. I don't know if you like using that term or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a film critic and art, and you do art as well, art critic, and you studied sexual, sexual studies, so sexuality studies. So is that all right? Is that everything that you do? That's, I mean, that's the main gigs, yeah. And yeah. I'm working on a book for my sins. Um, but yeah, that's that's the main gig. So a mix of pop culture and academia and sexuality writing and a healthy dose of feminism in there as well. So oh, that's, yes. That's the main gig. Brilliant. <laughs> so, but tell me, the, the, but the, the, the agony ant with the Irish Times, that, that and is it mainly uh, sex questions, I mean, relationship expert stuff? Is that what you're getting normally? Is that the questions yeah. you're getting? It's kind of evolved, to be honest, because I did it for two places before the Irish Times. I did it for a site called Fanny.ae, which was a feminist. Oh, brilliant. Uh, what a name. I know. It was the best name in the world. And just, uh, it was all volunteer run, so wrapped up. But then I was doing it for the Dublin Inquirer for, I think, coming on two years. And the Dublin Inquirer, it was purely sex questions. And it was slightly more irreverent, just in tone, because the audience is a bit younger and a bit yeah. diverse. And then Rachel Collins is the magazine editor in the Irish Times. And she really liked what we were doing and was really passionate about the fact that Ireland needs to be more comfortable discussing sex. And because 
the programs in terms of sex education and con- education around healthy relationships is so lacking. Like it's not formalized, it's not funded. Um, and there's so much for adults to unlearn that we really need to start having those conversations. So she ended up taking me on in the Irish Times magazine. And since then, we've done a lot of sex. It's people really respond to the relationships questions. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're doing a mix of them now, which I think is really important, actually. Like I love... I studied sexuality studies. I did a master's degree in it in San Francisco and it's really important to me. But I also think people writing them in about relationship questions are exposing the fact that young people and teenagers aren't given a roadmap for what a healthy relationship looks like. And they're not given a roadmap for how to deal with problems in relationships or how to deal with their own boundaries and feeling like their boundaries are being violated and communicating through that. And so we're all learning about sex and relationships primarily through like pop culture and those messages okay. are really damaging because yeah. a lot of pop culture is based on the idea of like oh on again off again relationships are the best because you must love each other and intense relationships are the best because passion is all about dramatic fighting and getting back together and there's no discussion of like consent when it comes to representation of sexuality so kids and teenagers are learning those messages and then they're getting to adulthood and we're going, well, why don't you understand consent perfectly? And why aren't your relationships perfect? And why can't you communicate through them? Because we haven't taught them. So I think it's yeah. about getting those messages out there in an accessible way. So yeah, the column is now a mix of sex and relationships. So so what, what's, a quite, what's a common question you'd be asked like in the in the paper there what's what would be i mean i know that's a bit of a broad question but like yeah. what would be what would you th- would, there, would there be a common one that you're asked um yeah i think it's really funny i think just writing our advice column for as long as i've done it now because with the other two outlets as well i've been doing it for years and it's so funny because once you answer a question on a particular topic you immediately get an influx of kind of the same question yeah. <laughs> because people are like oh you're we're allowed to ask this that's interesting so during coronavirus, I think what's interesting is the themes have been quite repetitive in that people are thinking uh, about old exes or like the ones who got away. Jesus. And there's this idea. <laughs> and we've had one about an affair during lockdown and how they're managing that. And I think it's interesting because it's all to do with projection because during lockdown, people are bored and their, you know, their usual support systems aren't there, their usual distractions aren't there. And even if they're living with a partner, just life is hard right now and it's stressful and people aren't connecting in the same way. So they're thinking of times when they were happier or how they could be happier or feel more filled. And they're projecting that desire onto like an old flame or someone they fancy and oh, projection. Like, so is, like during an actual relationship, so during their marriage even or any kind of relationship, they're thinking, yeah. oh, oh, and, and is, would this be brought about because they're spending more time with each other than ever before? So now they're seeing everything. They're seeing everything about each other. So they would have gone to work or gone out to their mates or gone somewhere else. And then they couldn't go anywhere. And now they're just looking at each other like a hundred percent, which is, which is never good for anyone. No, like human beings weren't built to be around one person 24 hours a day. And it's that they're around each other all the time, but also the time they're spending, like it's not like we're not having as much fun. There's less to do. There's less like stimulating things. Everyone is stressed. And so instead of just saying this is a global pandemic, we're not going to be like the best possible version of ourselves right now. They're thinking I'm really bored and stressed. It must be my partner's fault. (laughs) And so I'm like thinking about that ex or the one that got away or the person in work I've always had a crush on. I bet you I'd be having like the most sex I've ever had during lockdown with them or the most fun. And what's interesting is I think 
whenever we get a, a message or a question like that, that's a bit projection. Mm. Projection is often about the refusal to engage what's going on for you in the moment and here and now and how you're feeling and what you could do about it. And it's basically like often a refusal to do the work and it's a refusal to think about what you want and what would be fulfilling for you because projection and going oh I bet everything would be amazing with someone else it's just assuming that someone else will magically solve all your problems so that's, instead of saying is that like, I'm with this person it's hard let's work through it so is that like the what ifs do you know what I mean a lot of people do the yeah. what ifs and I mean and I used to be a major I mean I did that nearly with everything in my life even in like, yeah. now I am just to keep you my background I am separated and I live uh, I have two children but I live on my own here in this uh, mm-hmm. you can't see it right now but this is my brilliant bedroom but um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's what I do. I get insights into people's bedrooms. Yes, exactly. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the the thing, yeah, a lot. Of, what what I, I mean, what's very hard is people say to in your relationship, like you need you need to live in the day that you're living in, living in the now, and don't worry about the future, like you know forecasting and then uh, and the what ifs, which is which I said earlier, which is oh my god, what if I left him or I left her and I could have oh my god and I had this fella or this girl, oh my god, that'd be brilliant. Oh yeah, and it's. It's just, it's kind of fantasizing, isn't it, with those what ifs? Yeah, and I think that's like, I think, look, thinking about the future is important and thinking about what you want from life is important and you need to, your values need to align with your partner and you need to have like a similar vision or problems are going to arise. But I think when people get into trouble is thinking like, just if I was in a relationship with someone else, everything would be perfect. Instead of going, what I feel is missing is I feel like healthy communication is missing or I want more excitement. And how can I make sure I bring that to every relationship I'm going in? And how can I make sure that I communicate those values with whatever partner I'm with instead of just assuming someone will solve them? So I think that's, and I mean, it's a very understandable thing. We're in lockdown. We're all wishing we could be doing other things and that projection is natural. But that's something that's coming up in the column a lot lately. Um, I think another one that's come, that comes up a lot is that's really important and again I think is a huge issue with what happens when we turn to pop culture and films and TV for our image of like an ideal relationship is believing that liking someone is the most important thing and that that will fix every problem even when they're not very nice to you or Mm. when they don't treat you very well and we get a lot of questions in saying like I'm crazy about this person but they disappear from me on weeks and end and then they come back and it's amazing when we're together but you know I don't know if they want to be together and you know sometimes they put me down a lot but I really like them and you're saying like that belief that liking someone is the most important thing, it will never be. It's how they treat you and it's how you feel when you're around them. And I think, again, so many films and TV shows say like, oh, as long as you're like in this whirlwind romance and you're so attracted to each other, you can overcome anything. You can't. The person you're with has to treat you well and has to treat you in the way you want to be treated. And we often mistake any kind of intense feeling for love or Mm. for passion but you can feel intensely insecure. You can feel intensely anxious around someone. You can feel like unstable in a relationship. And often we can do that with passion. But something I've written a lot about is like I've been in abusive relationships and in abusive relationships, there's a thing called trauma bonding. And it's basically when an abusive person lavishes you with attention and then takes it away or treats you really badly. And basically your brain starts releasing stress hormones and it's almost like an addiction because you get addicted to the positive attention and then 
you're, you go through withdrawal when they take that attention away. And so you feel like you need them. And I think so even stuck, to a less... You get stuck in a type of pattern then. Yeah, absolutely. And because you're feeling everything so intensely, when someone is just nice to you all the time, it kind of feels boring. And you're like, well, I don't feel oh as passionately God. about this so other person. Is that that treat them mean, keep them keen? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really damaging though. Yeah. And I think to like, not even in an abusive relationship, but just in relationships where someone's being flaky or they're not committing or they're not particularly nice to you. We can confuse those feelings of anxiety and feeling like I need them so tight, like so much. And when they're not with me, I feel anxious and I miss them. We confuse that with love. But that's the thing. But Liking I'm, someone isn't enough. They have to treat you well. Is that, are you, I mean, what I'm hearing as a man is that that's mainly women talking to you that way. Is that right? Or are you getting men a little bit? I will say the majority of people who write into advice columns are women generally. I'm delighted. Like we do get some men writing in. I'm always delighted when they do, because I think it's just society, like socially harder for a man to turn around and go, I want advice in a relationship or yeah. I'm going to write in and to articulate that. So it's always wonderful when men write in. I would get more questions from women. And I think we do normalize this idea that like men are the pursuers in relationships so they can initiate the con the contact and women feel like oh i can't be too forward and all these really regressive damaging ideas so i think it's more common for women to go like oh i'll wait for him to call and i don't want to be needy and i don't want to tell him i need more attention because we equate women setting boundaries and saying this is how i want to be treated with being needy and being clingy and again it's one of those really damaging stereotypes like again we'll blame fatal attraction for that one you know like <laughs> if you say to a guy i want you to call me they're like oh bunny boiler yeah, yeah um, but, it's very, but it is it is very different now i mean that look when i have kids i've got a 20 year old and a 13 year old so brilliant ages for a relationship kind yeah. of and but and when I tell them how I grew up, right, they go, oh, Jesus, right? But I, but, but I think that because I didn't have the pop culture and the social media when I was a kid, the, when you were with somebody, there was a kind of a, a gradual, you know, build mm-hmm. on a relationship. So there was no kind of uh, meet them, sleep with them, go, meet them, sleep with them, go. It was like <laughs> you had to w- talk to them, walk with them, meet them again. Walk Crazy a bit more. Idea. Yeah, I know. We'll never yeah. catch on. Yeah. Very, so it was a much slower way of doing it. And then, yeah, and then when you did get to any kind of sex right like that, it was really exciting. And for a man, yeah. just as much as a woman. But like, it's it's tough on kids now because it feels like it's faster. It has to be faster. Do you know what I mean? It's just well, I think that's the, I think that's what's really interesting is that we have this idea, and I go like I've dealt with students, and I go into schools, and I give workshops on consent and sexuality and healthy relationships, and I get a lot of pushback, and a lot of parents and a lot of organisations have this thing of like you know there's no need to talk to kids about sex and consent so early. Why would you do that? So first of all, when I talk to kids about consent, you can talk about consent to a three year old in a non sexual framework. So yeah. you can say. No, you don't have to hug your auntie if you don't want to hug. Like, you get to say no. You get to decide what happens to your body. You can also say, ask your friends if you want to hug them or ask them if they prefer a high five. And so you're giving them the language of consent in a way that's just about bodies and isn't about sex. And once you continue those messages going up, it's much easier for them then to grapple with the idea of sexual consent. So it can be completely age appropriate. Um, But when I'm talking about healthy relationships, like I get a lot... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. pushback from older people and I'm saying but the messages that they're getting from pop culture are so damaging and so many studies have proven that when kids and teenagers get sex education and get educated in healthy relationships they actually wait longer to have sex because they're more able to say why would I have sex with Mm. you now what would that give me is this good for our relationship I'm actually able to say no I'm able to evaluate if this is right for me right now and look I'm sex positive like I don't think sex is inherently a negative thing so people have sex like when they're 17 versus 18 I if it's good for them it's good um but I think that idea of having more education actually helps you make more informed choices and that should ultimately be the goal for everybody I mean it is is Sex education in schools right now, something that you, the way they teach it is, do you agree with that now or? No. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because as far as I can see, they're still doing the kind of ABC. This is what happens. There you go. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a huge amount of things missing. I think the discussions around consent are really unnuanced and they're really unrealistic in a lot of ways and they give the bare basics, but they don't teach teenagers how to deal with situations where maybe one of them wants to have sex with the other or they're in a relationship yeah. or whatever. And phrases like if one person says like, oh, like I, I like I, I want to have sex, but, yeah. or like maybe not now, that's a no. Yeah, like, and they need to appreciate that nuance. Yeah, and, and I, um, I and I and you know, and I fear, for, especially for the guys, because you know, with everything that's happening right now, you know, they're just they are actually terrified as well to do to maybe consent to sex, even if the girl is saying yes in a very clear way. Now the guys are going, "Oh my god, I don't know if this is right or what do I do?" Like, I mean, how the hell will they know? I mean, is there a time limit on it for them? Should we, should they be in a relationship for a? a, a a good few months before it happens. You know, one night stands can happen with them, but like, there's so, I mean, everybody's different, aren't they, Ro? You know, everybody's different. 
Yeah, and, and like I will say, like I think the women are terrified for different. Oh reasons no, the women are terrified. Well. No, I know yeah, they yeah. are as well. Sorry, that, <laughs> women are terrified as well. But you know, the no, the, the, the teenage but I think that's bo- real. The teenage boys just don't speak as much as the girls. I think that's probably it. And I think that's real. And I think that's a huge problem I have with people who think that these conversations around consent and healthy relationships should be like opt out that the parents get to say like, no, of course, my kid would never do something. And I think that's inappropriate. Uh, But when you take when you make consent and opt in or opt out conversation, you're endangering everybody because you might understand consent then. But then the person that you want to have sex with mightn't. And so someone's going to end up getting hurt. And I think these conversations need to be nuanced. Like consent, I always say to teenagers is enthusiastic. So you must be like actively saying, yes, I absolutely want that. It's ongoing. So you're saying like, can I touch you here? Would this feel good for you? And it's a constant conversation. It's not a, do you want to have sex? Yes. Okay. Then anything goes. It's a, would this feel good? Would you like to move on to this activity? Are you comfortable taking this, like, you know, to penetrative sex? Yeah. So that's a great idea. So encouraging them to talk it through as they move on. Talking it through and it's freely given, which I also think is really important and overlooked a lot because you have to be enthusiastic about saying yes. You can't be scared to say no. And I think that's where people get into a lot of trouble aren't aware of like women are socialized not to like set boundaries clearly and are socialized to be polite and people pleasing so a lot of the times if women are uncomfortable they'll still be like you know they'll kind of dance around it and be like I don't want to reject you outright so like no I'm not really like but maybe we could do something else and that we have to pay attention to that hesitancy and understand that they might be feeling under pressure and just take a step back and go look you're not comfortable. Let's not do anything now. Let's chill out and we'll come back to you when you're more and, comfortable. And another thing, which is quite a, like a basic thing, is just human feeling, like how the body is feel. Just like yeah. a, as a guy, if you're going, I, this doesn't feel great or she's kind of saying the same thing, then just don't. It's just, it, it's almost like yeah. it's that old cop on word, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just a bit of cop on between the, the human chemical feeling between the two years. You, you'll know it's not right. You'll just, you'll know. And I think a huge thing that's missing from sex education at the moment as well is they don't talk about women's pleasure at all. So it's very centered on men getting pleasure and women not. So, but that means that like men don't get taught how to check in if their partner is female saying like, does this feel good for you? What would feel good for you? And instead they kind of go, okay, well, this is what I've seen in pop culture. This is what I've seen in porn. I'll just do it. It feels good for me. Then it doesn't matter. And I will say another problem just in terms of because we're talking about men and women most sex ed doesn't cater to lgbtq kids at all so they don't get any education in terms of these are the sex acts that you might enjoy that you know it mightn't be all about penetrative sex but it might be about oral sex it might be about different sexual activities here's how you deal with that here's how you consent to these things here's protection for these things and so when you exclude so many people from these conversations and you don't even acknowledge the possibility of lgbtq relationships and sex you're also leaving a huge proportion of people who are already vulnerable to stigma who are already vulnerable of being ostracized you're not giving them any healthy relationship frameworks to work within so you're leaving an already vulnerable population of kids even more vulnerable so i think there needs to be yeah huge systemic overhaul of how we teach this and here's the thing right which sounds kind of like silly but very common is like what does lgbtq stand for Okay. Because so, you'll have kids you'll have kids listen to this and parents yep. that hear that quite a lot and then they don't know what it they don't know what it means. So it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. And queer is kind of an umbrella term, so it can include people who are bisexual, it might be pansexual, so they Curious. um they're 
it might include curious or fluid. And so it's a kind of an umbrella term or people who are gender non-conforming maybe. So it's just recognizing that a lot of the times when we talk about sex ed, we're only talking about men who have sex with women. And we're not talking about the other possibilities. And even our definition of the word sex often refers to like penetrative sex between a man and a woman. And so if you're constantly using that definition, you're overlooking the fact that like oral sex might be really important to people in a relationship. And we need to talk about consent there. And we need to talk about protection there. Um, And so and we often present kind of, again, penetrative sex between men and women as the ultimate goal and everything else is kind of the stuff you have to get through and it's not important. But a lot of that stuff is far more pleasurable for women, for example, Mm. or it's really important and people enjoy it more. And by kind of pushing that stuff to the side, you're saying it doesn't matter. It's not as big a deal. And so people might overlook getting consent for those acts or making sure that they're paying attention to their partner's pleasure. And that's really important because I think if you're if people are having sex and it's not enjoyable and they what they enjoy the most is not being as important, then they're not learning how to value their own bodies and their own desires and they're not learning how to set boundaries and go, actually this is what I'm more comfortable with and I'm not comfortable with that. So I think so, yeah, it just because- needs to start early. Yeah, because like a, a a gay boy who hasn't maybe even you know met another gay boy or man, yes, probably yeah. probably just thinks, oh, it's two men, so it's probably okay. There's no need to. There's no need for consent because it's two lads. Yeah. It's like or protection, yeah. and there's not discussions about that, or not discussion around what consent would look like between. T- if we constantly phrase consent conversations of like men, you have to be really careful in case she turns around and says she didn't want it. But like, what does that conversation look like when you talk about two gay boys who haven't had the same kind of pop culture examples? What does a healthy relationship look like when they haven't grown up in a family where they have like, you know, two parents of the same gender? Mm. They're not getting as much examples. So you really have to include them in the conversations. I know it's really irritating that schools are still not really recognising that there's a big mixture in that classroom. Well, there always was a big mixture in the classroom, but it's now, now yeah. all the kids know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's just not fair, isn't it not? You know? And it's it's literally just saying, I care about you yeah. and your, your pleasure and your boundaries that. and your consent as much as any other kid. And I want you to feel as important and as safe as possible. And safety and empowerment are the two main themes here. But you want that for everybody and you're not just picking and choosing who gets this education and who gets to feel valid. And with the uh, LGBT area, and I've done a lot of, I I've, uh, was a judge with Michelle Visage. Uh, on, the on, dream, the yes, goal. The dream. I know she <laughs> and she flies this flag all the time. But like, uh, with parents listening in, if if their child comes to them and talks about transgender or gay or lesbian, like, like for like, I wouldn't really know where to go or who to talk to or where to send them or, you know, because and 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 you wouldn't be ringing the school because the school wouldn't know where to go or where to send them or what or what to do. Yeah. So I think the f- most important thing is to remember, like this is still your child. They haven't changed as a person, but their desire or their identity mightn't be something that you have expected from them. And the only reason that we expect certain things is that we've normalized this idea that like straight is normal and anything else is different. No, straight is common Mm. and everything else is completely normal. It's just less common, but completely as valid. And so for parents, I think it's about saying, I love you. Like, usually for a lot of parents and teenagers like they're dating life you want to make sure they're safe and empowered but yeah. you usually don't get all the details anyway <laughs> no. so saying 
this is your life. I want you to be safe. I want you to be empowered. I love you as much as I ever did. And I think it's important for parents, if they're uncomfortable, to say, I might be clumsy about this for a while, but I'm going to try and I want to keep this conversation going and let's have conversations about what you need and how you feel supported. I will do work on my own. I will research. And there's great groups like Tenny is a really great organization that supports um, trans people and has a lot of resources for people whose kids think that they might be trans or who are trans. Um, There's a lot of LGBTQ resources online and just kind of information to give you and there are online support groups for parents who are dealing with this because I know a lot of parents again they weren't taught what to say if their kid comes out to them and says I'm gay or I'm bi they weren't taught mm. what to say if their kid says I, I'm trans and you to start referring to me by another name we're using different pronouns and that's okay like your learning curve starts where it starts but I think as long as you're committed to the process and say I love you. If I'm clumsy, that is a reflection of my learning curve and not anything to do with you or how much I love you or how much I validate you. Um, That's important. So I think you can start where you are, but start with as much empathy and compassion and love as you possibly can. And there are myriad resources online. You can Google LGBTQ resources for parents. Tenny is a superb one in Ireland. Um, And also I think listening to other people, like expanding your social circle. So you're hearing a lot of conversations from LGBTQ people. You're hearing about their experiences. You're hearing what helped them. And also, so your brain isn't catastrophizing this. Like being gay, being bi, being lesbian, being trans, being queer, these are all fine. People go on. It's not... The stigma is still there, unfortunately, but much less than it was. They're going to have beautiful, healthy relationships. You just have to be there for them and say, I want to help you feel as great as possible. And I love you as much as I ever did. Yeah, it's all about the love, support. And that, and that, as a parent, you don't think that your child has changed at all. You know, still, no, your, still, yeah. your, still your Terry, still your Michelle. Thank you, Ro McDermott, the relationships and sexuality expert and agony aunt with the Irish Times. She was brilliant. She was taught that was great advice about love under lockdown and the what ifs and what's a healthy relationship and not healthy and sex and consent and relationships with kids and teenagers and adults and amazing, amazing stuff there. And of course, the support you can give to your LGBTQ child or friend. Lots of empathy and compassion and love for that. Anyway, that was Roe McDermott. Thanks a million, Roe. We'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to myself, Jason Byrne, and this has been Mind Your Loaf. If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget, if you or somebody you know is going through a tough time, there is professional mental health support online from counselling to support groups, all available for free to anyone from Ireland at turntome.ie. And mind your loaves, everybody. Turn to me provides professional mental health support. Ah, uh, Jason, lo- oh. do your, uh, you know, your ad voice. Oh yeah, I'll do yeah, the ad. Yeah. Okay, oh. I'll do a proper ad okay. thing. Okay, ready? Yeah. 
as a registered charity, Turn To Me provides professional mental health support online for anyone in Ireland going through a tough time. From one-to-one counselling to group and peer support, Turn To Me is accessible from any device anywhere in Ireland. If you would like to support Turn To Me, you can donate €4 Euros by texting Turn To Me to 50300. Text costs €4. Euros. Turn To Me will receive a minimum of €3.60 service provider-like charity. Helpline 076. Six six eight zero five two seven eight. Is that you? Yeah, that was actually me. Okay. There. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 